Adriana Dynasty Football Network. That's James the Brain Catullus. Hi. That's Travis the Beard Rasmussen. <laughs> I can't follow up that. <laughs> I'm John Hogue, the Dynasty Dude, and this is Super Flexible. And we have a special guest this week. We have uh, our fellow Superflex ranker from the Dynasty Football Factory, Brian Haar. We're essentially, we're kind of like this, the three stooges. There's the fourth stooge, Shep, that, uh, that you don't really, like in the early, the early episodes. That's Brian. Brian is, Brian is our Shep. And uh, he, but he, uh, he has a huge hand in helping with the uh, Superflex rankings. Brian, so good to have you here, man. Appreciate it, man. Thanks a lot. Excited to be here. Yeah, we're gonna have to do this more often because we take the the four rankings from all four of us, and uh, that's how we get the consensus rankings that you can find at DynastyFootballFactory.com and go to the rankings tab. And we're gonna talk about rankings today. So, full disclosure, right up front. Here's the deal. There's a ton of free agency going on right now, probably as you're listening to this. But we're recording this on a Monday night, just to get a little bit meta for you. We're recording this on Monday night, so we're coming to you from the past. We have no no idea what's going on right now. We would give updates if we could, but instead we're going to act like free agency just isn't even happening. We're going to talk about some rankings and... On this episode, we're going to talk about our risers and our fallers in each of our rankings, each of our individual rankings um, that make up the consensus. So let's start. Let's jump right into it with the quarterbacks. Brian Haar, I would love to hear who is rising in your ranking and rankings and who is dropping. Sure. Uh, so my riser is Kirk Cousins. Um, has a lot to do with his free agency, actually. Um, I think... It's depending on where he goes, uh, he could really shoot up uh, my rankings for sure, especially if he lands in Minnesota or Denver um, with those receiving cores. Uh, I think that uh, he'll have better weapons than he's had in Washington for sure. Um, he's finished ninth, fifth, and fifth since he started uh, or since he took over the starting job in Washington uh, in fantasy uh, rankings. So, um, Kirk Cousins is definitely my riser. And then my, uh, as far as who's falling, I'd say Andrew Luck. Uh, and for me, that has to do completely with his health. Um, obviously, when he's healthy, Luck is a stud. But um, I'm a little bit concerned about the shoulder. Um, so that's kind of why he's my faller. Brian, he's throwing weighted balls, didn't you hear? <laughs> he's fine. You have video of that? Uh, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> But I was on Twitter, like you said earlier. It's got to be true if it's on Twitter. If it's on Twitter, it's got to be true. Well, I was going to kind of save this because I figured I would get attacked for this in my rankings. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely. I, I I don't understand how anybody cannot be moving him down at this point. Um, there's so much concern there. There's there's a lot of worry. I, I don't. I guess I look at rankings and I see guys that still have Andrew Luck ranked number two. <clears throat> In their quarterback rankings, and there's I, there's no way I that? can justify, <laughs> no way I can justify 
all the risk that you're taking uh, to get Andrew Luck and and to put him at number two, what you would have to risk to get him um, is is way way too much. So yeah, no, I agree uh, with Brian. I think. Uh, definitely a, a faller, and he can't really fall much more in my rankings. That's the only reason why he's not on my list. But um, no, I like it, Brian. I like your riser and your faller. Well, and the big thing for me too with Luck is, I mean that lo- that o- offensive line is awful. I mean, if he does come back in, what are the chances that he's going to stay healthy for a full season? And you know, I, I just I just don't know the status of that shoulder and with the beating that he takes and the style that he plays with the rush, you know, rushing as well. I just, I don't know. It makes me uncomfortable. I so Luck actually, for me, Luck actually did fall one spot in my rankings um, for the quarterback position and uh, three spots for the uh, overall rankings. So I can't fault you too much on this one. James, on the other hand, I could go after him. I mean, he's got he's got Luck <laughs> just barely even on the board at this point. QB but. 11. It's <laughs> insane. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's about behind right. Kirk Cousins, Brian. You don't have you. You haven't done. You haven't gone that far, right? Uh, not quite. All right. Well, then you're. My you're thing okay. is, is it's coming, huh? Cousins. The good thing with Cousins is that his throwing shoulder is good. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> he can throw the ball forward. So that's that's yeah. I'll stop. <laughs> all right. Well, let's move on to Travis's quarterbacks, and uh, we're going to come back to Kirk Cousins here in just a couple of minutes. Yeah, so my riser right now is Patrick Mahomes. It's pretty chalky. I think he's rising for most people, I'd imagine, since he's all of the sudden uh, an NFL starter and he wasn't previously. Uh, So that's automatically going to jump him up. But I like what I've seen so far. I liked him coming out, and he got to sit a year, which – I mean, almost a year, which not many not many quarterbacks get to do anymore. And I think that's some valuable time to learn the system and learn the NFL game speed and all that kind of stuff. And um, he's doesn't have the best receiving core in the world, <clears throat> but <laughs> he, uh, <laughs> I like what I've seen from him so far. And he's got insane upside, and that's really what it is for me. Is the, the upside is is crazy. Um, he's he's still risky. I mean, there's there's obviously still a chance he could. Uh, flame out or and or not produce but i've got him all the way up at qb 13 now uh for dynasty who are some guys that are that are that you have below him so i'd take him over tom brady Jameis winston drew Brees, Derek carr okay well so he's right behind matt stafford i mean it's not like he's up at qb8 or anything he hasn't he's always played half a game right. but yeah, I mean, I think I'm yeah. just bought in as my overall point, and the the upside I think is is pretty insane. So in a startup, I mean, or I mean, a dynasty atmosphere, you know, I'd much rather take the shot on him hitting than you know the the two years left out of Brady and Breeze, and then Winston. You know, is, I don't want to talk about him too much, but I'm not. I don't know. I'm iffy on him, so I, I'd rather go with the upside of Mahomes. Um, my faller is Ben Roethlisberger, which isn't shouldn't shock anybody, but what I've got him down at QB twenty three, so I'm not getting this guy anywhere, and I'm one hundred percent okay with that. He's not even that great when he is starting, and then we also got to deal with him being the drama queen and and not playing, you know, talking about retirement all the time, 
So I just I don't want to buy into this guy who might have one year left, who might have three years left, but even when he's on the field, he's not like he's a top six option, you know. I mean, he's got he he has blow up games, obviously, but he's not a reliable QB one in my opinion. I agree with it. I, I, I get why you would say that. Um I the offensive weapons that surround him are the only thing that gives me a little bit of hesitation and pause is because he has so many playmakers around him that I, I still feel like, you know, he can be a, a quarterback one for this year. But, you know, in Dynasty, looking forward, I think you may get another year out of him, two tops. But, I mean, the end is near. So I totally understand why you'd move him down your rankings. But I still think that for at least one more season, he definitely has some QB1 upside. And I, I just for that reason alone, if I'm trying to win now, and it depends, obviously. We talk a lot about roster configuration. It really depends on... You know, are you are you a competing team? Are you trying to win now? If you are personally, I think that you you, you know you're going to be okay with Big Ben um, as a low end QB one, uh, just because of the weapons that he has, the offense that he's part of. He's going to get opportunities um, to throw touchdown passes um, at at a high level. So uh, for me, you know, I, I definitely understand why you'd move him down your rankings in the long term, but I still think for one year, for one season, maybe two. Um, you're okay with Big Ben at this point. So that's that's my take on it. Yeah, I, th- I agree. I mean, for one more year, could he finish inside the top 12? Absolutely. I mean, that that's that might even be likely. But can you start him every single week and rely on him to not poop the bed? No. And could he retire next year? Yes. And so that's why I'm just kind of off of the Big Ben bandwagon. Yeah, for me, it'll be interesting to see what, uh, the new offensive coordinator does as far as getting the ball out of his hands quickly too. Cause that's when Todd Haley came into that position, that was like his main thing. He wanted Ben to get the ball out and it saved him from taking so many hits um, moving forward. I don't know what that's going to look like. So um, he is definitely getting towards the end. Uh, I can, I can definitely agree with moving him down uh, a little bit. He did finish pretty strong. Uh, he had, a, he had more than two touchdowns, I think in, or he had two touchdowns or more passing in each of the last eight games, seven games. So, um, but you know, I definitely agree with moving him down as well. And next up, James, the brain, what do you got for quarterbacks? Yeah, man, uh, for my riser, it's Tyrod Taylor. And I think the reasons are pretty obvious, at least at this point. I mean, he leaves Buffalo, which I mean, the, the weapons there weren't very good. They built their offense around the running game with LaShawn McCoy. Um, and, you know, he, he still had some success there, but now he's going to Cleveland. And for the first time in a long time, I think we can actually say someone going to Cleveland is improving their situation. Um, Tyrod Taylor now, you know, has Josh Gordon, Corey Coleman, Jarvis Landry to throw the ball to. Uh, David Njoku, uh, uh, an up-and-coming young tight end, I think is going to help him out a, tr- a great deal. And he's got a really good offensive line. I mean, it's not a great offensive line. If Joe Thomas comes back, Tyrod Taylor is going to have a really good offensive line, good weapons to work with um, on a team that, you know, I know Cleveland's defense is competitive and it's moving in the right direction, but Tyrod Taylor's still going to be asked to throw the ball a lot. They're going to be down in a lot of games. I mean, they're going to be playing Pittsburgh twice a year. Uh, Baltimore and Cincinnati are going to be improved. So I still feel like since uh, like Cleveland is still going to be in the position where they're going to be asking their quarterback to throw the ball a good deal. Um, and Tyrod, you know, he, 
he's always so underrated in fantasy. What he gives you with his legs is just, it's overlooked because a lot of people will look at the passing statistics and they won't see, um, you know, the, the rushing yards that he gets you. And, uh, and that, that counts, man. Fantasy points are fantasy points. I'll take them anywhere. So I'm moving Tyrod up for that reason. Um, as far as my, as far as my follower goes, I'm going to go with Ryan Tannenhill and really it, it's, it's twofold. A is coming back from a major injury. Um, and, Sometimes it takes a little bit to come back from from an injury where you miss the entire season. Problem is, Tannenhill doesn't. He's not going to be granted, you know, the amount of time that it may may take him to get back to to one hundred percent to full form. Um, just because, I mean, he, at this point, I mean, Ryan Tannehill, you know, this is kind of his last chance to prove he's a starter in this league. I think, and uh, not to mention the fact that you know he's he's coming into a situation where he just lost their number one target, the guy who led them in receptions the past few years, and Jarvis Landry. Um, but you also, I mean, you have Devontae Parker. You, you have a few weapons there, but losing Jarvis Landry is a big one. Um, there's still a big hole at tight end. Um, the offensive line is okay, but I don't think it's great. Um, and you still have some fucks at that running back position. As much as I like Kenyon Drake, it doesn't seem like Miami does, so I'm not sure what's going to happen there. There's a lot of uncertainty surrounding Tannehill. I just I don't want any part of him. I know he's low on a lot of people's lists already, but in a two-QB league, I don't think I even want this guy as my my qb2 um so so that's my uh, my follower what do you guys think so i want to jump in on tyrod i agree with everything you said <laughs> my my issue is if if we can't okay i guess it's mainly it's mainly hugh jackson and i don't think they're done at qb so I don't know that he's going to go with, I don't, I mean, he might start, he might not, who knows who else they're going to bring in. He might start two games. Hugh Jackson will bench him. I mean, Buffalo benched him. Like if he, if Buffalo benched him and Hugh Jackson benched two quarterbacks three times, like how do we even, how can we rely on this guy as a dynasty asset to even stay on the field? Especially if they, I mean, they still might draft a QB at number four or number one. So that's my, that's my main issue with, with raising him up too high. I mean, I, I like Tyrod Taylor. I just don't trust the situation at all. Yeah, and I think I can understand why you'd say that. I mean, Hugh Jackson hasn't done much as a head coach to garner any type of trust um, from the fantasy community or from the Cleveland organization. So um, I, I definitely understand where that's coming from. That's not unfounded. But I think the difference is, is – I, I think there's a game plan right now, and I think that's because of the, the new front office. And I think the game plan is, hey, look, I mean, we, we kind of saw it last year. Um, we saw John Dorsey take Pat Mahomes. They sat him. They, they were no rush to start him. Um, that was the game plan. That's what happened. And I know that was an Andy Reid run team, but I think that you have to have a game plan coming in with the front office on how this is going to work. I think as long as they're on the same page, this is how it's going to work. So, um I think Tyrod at least has one year starting, maybe two. And even if he only has one year starting, if he starts and he can take the Cleveland Browns to the playoffs, I think he's going to turn enough heads to where he's going to to warrant a starting position anywhere, somewhere in the NFL uh, for a while. And um, and I think with his skill set, he's always going to to be able and capable of putting up uh, high end fantasy numbers. So that's all I'll say about Tyrod. That's just my thought on it. Um, I definitely see where you're coming from though Travis um, and I, I would be hesitant to move him up too much as well but he's definitely a guy that's on the rise if they if they draft a QB at number one or number four James I will bet you that Tyrod Taylor starts less than eight games in, 20, in 2018 and I, I will happily take that bet 
All right. We'll figure out the terms later. All right. Okay. <laughs> okay. Do you guys have anything on uh, <laughs> you guys have anything on uh, we're James's running out of go ahead. Running out of uh, hair on people's heads to uh, to shave off in these bets. Of- <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> that was a low. Um no, yeah, I mean Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean th- that one I'm fine with dropping Ryan Tannehill in your rankings. It just, for me, he was already just so far down there, you know? it This time, well, after the injury and they bring in Jay Cutler, it felt then like Ryan Tannehill probably had lost his job. So, I mean, he's kind of, he's kind of on borrowed time right now anyways. And it was hard for me to get too excited about him anyways. So, I mean, at this point, you can drop him as far as you want and... You're not. You're probably not going to get me to uh, even raise an eyebrow. It just it. Ryan Tannehill is just kind of off the radar for me at this point. So I'm fine with that one for sure. Yeah, I've got him at QB 28 right now. So I've got just to say I'm on. I'm on board with that. Yeah, I've got him at 36. It's you know. holy moly. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. There's not. There's John. There's 32 teams. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. Well. Okay. So let me preface this. I I do have. I also have the rookies, the incoming rookies, already included in my rankings. So. Uh, you. Yeah. You take those guys out, and it's going to be quite a bit lower, or quite a bit higher. I mean. Yeah. So I have Tannehill at 29th, but I don't want anything to do with him either. Um. He had the knee the year before too. If. If I remember correctly, didn't he, didn't he have, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, that's like was back he, to back years. He like late in the year, he blew it out yeah. and then heard yeah. it in training camp then this past year. So for me, I just, I don't, he didn't really allow me to begin with and with the injuries and I think they're going to draft a look to either draft a quarterback or bring somebody in. Um, yeah. Maybe so a little I, of both. Yeah, possibly. Yep. Yeah, I mean Tannehill sucks. I don't know why we. Even, <laughs> he's just very really bad quarterbacks. Why did we just put five minutes of analysis into that? I don't one? know. Because <laughs> it's super it flex, up. baby. It's super flex. <laughs> Two words. That's all it takes. Tannehill sucks. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, John. Let me. Yeah, let me give you you guys a couple uh, quarterbacks here. So, first of all, I've got as my riser. I've got Matt Ryan. A guy who this time a year ago I was super down on him. You know, they had just come off the the you know the improbable season uh, with Kyle Shanahan as the uh, as the offensive coordinator, and then he takes a job in San Francisco. And you know, I I felt like there was a big drop off coming for the Falcons, and I punished every single one of them, other than Julio Jones. I should have knocked him down farther than than I did, but. I have my, Matt Ryan somewhere around 20. So he's up six spots for me up to 14. I put him ahead of Phillip Rivers, Tom Brady, Jameis Winston, Ben Roethlisberger, guys like that. And it's more of a correction than anything because I was so down on him coming out of that Super Bowl. But what, even though I feel like I got that one right this past season, I think that uh, what he did prove is that he still is going to hang out in that you know low to mid quarterback two type of range. He's always kind of been that guy, 
you know, he was, I believe, quarterback one in uh, 2016. And that was the part that I was, I was, I was dropping him in my rankings just to illustrate the point that he's not going to do that again. But I think that he's, I, I think that he settles back in somewhere around that, you know, 14 to 18 range for me. With a little bit of variance, you know, Philip Rivers could, uh, he could make a little bit of a jump. Um, Jameis Winston absolutely has an opportunity to jump. I just don't know that he's going to take it. So that's, uh, that's where I'm at with Matt Ryan. Um, it's, like I said, more of a correction than anything. And then I'm dropping Kirk Cousins. Um, you know, Brian, you, you mentioned him as your riser. And, and it makes total sense. You know, he's on paper, he should end up in a better situation than he was already in. My problem is in Washington, they really kind of relied on Kirk Cousins. And I feel like two things are going to happen when he signs slash signed with the team. I think that first of all, he's he's going to end up in a situation like Minnesota where they want to run the ball. They want to use Dalvin cook. You know, they're going to take a lot less of the, of the game script away or a lot of the game script away from Kirk cousins. And then number two, I think that he's just going to suffocate whatever roster he ends up on. He it's going to cost so much money. It's going to be hard. How do you protect him? How do you give, how do you keep, wide receivers for him to throw to when you're paying him, you know, $90 million fully guaranteed. So for me, Kirk Cousins has an opportunity to, you know, to be okay here in 2018. But then from there, I just see a drop off as that, that money catches up to whatever team signed him. Yeah. Yeah. John just called the Kaiser a punk. <laughs> yeah, I mean, John, you make some good points there. Um, I would, you know, I think the thing for me is I think either that, especially if he goes to Minnesota or Denver, I think he'll be more efficient. So the turnovers will decrease. Uh, and I think that'll help overall with his numbers or at least with, with taking away those fantasy points uh, in leagues where that, you know, is, is going on. But I don't know. I mean, I just he he has never had weapons in in Washington really that I mean Terrell Pryor um, you know Jamison Crowder I mean I guess if you want to call those you know those guys weapons I mean with a receiver nope. like Demarius Thomas you know Emmanuel Sanders if he goes there Diggs and Thielen um, Kyle Rudolph if he goes there you know I I just I'm a little more optimistic on his outlook uh, it seems but. Um, but you do make some good points to think about as well. Brian, you don't have to compliment John before and after your, your rebuttal. You don't have to, but you it's, always can. <laughs> yeah, hey, I'm, I'm a polite it's guy. Always welcome. <laughs> the politeness goes I'm, off with I'm that Midwestern off. charm. <laughs> yeah. Brian, he didn't make any good points. Yeah, no. Kirk Cousins is John's, the man. John's take was garbage. Just, you just can tell him Just a point on my head. That's all I got. Right? <laughs> yeah. He's – He's upset that Kirk Cousins probably isn't going to end up in Denver, yeah. and so now he's he's a follower. If if if, we're, if rumor had it that Kirk Cousins was going to Denver, dude, he would have been John's riser, and he would have started out the show by letting us know. So that's I think that's that's the real uh, that's what I'm smelling. It was here. the hints that he left in the blog today that that uh, got you yeah. upset, John. 
That's the right. That's in the Vikings <laughs> at the bottom of the blog. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. No, I, I honestly, I, I, and it's entirely possible. Like I said, I mean, we're recording this on a Monday night. Free agency opens the day that this episode comes out. It's entirely possible that Kirk Cousins and Kirk Cousins is already on a team when you're listening to this episode. Just know that if Kirk Cousins is a member of the Denver Broncos, Somewhere right now, as you're listening to this, I am beating my head against a wall. I do not want to see that happen. I really don't. <laughs> so, John, what do you want to have happen in Denver as far as the quarterback situation goes? I just want the I, I want the rookie and I want the bridge. Because to me, the I mean, we saw it with Seattle when they drafted Russell Wilson. Now we're seeing it with L.A., you know, with Jared Goff and the Eagles with with Carson Wentz. When you find your franchise quarterback in the draft, like now, I mean, now, now, you know, back in the day, you had to pay that guy, you know, more money than than a veteran. But now, you know, you get that guy for four years, super cheap. And all of that, all that cap space you get to spend on the, you know, building a team around him. So if you get it right at quarterback in the draft, then it gives you four years of all the cap space you need to build a a Super Bowl team. So to me, it's like, why waste the money on a free agent? You know, you just keep drafting quarterbacks every year until you get it right. Because once you get it right, you've got four years of, you know, spending like a drunken freaking sailor on everything else. So that's that's what I'd like to see them do. I'd like to see them draft a quarterback, not Josh Allen. But, and if they do draft another one next year, just keep keep doing it until you get one, you know. And then, yeah, the bridge guy until that rookie is ready. So for me, McCown would be the perfect the perfect answer. And then the cap space, spend that on guys like Nate Solder, you know, fix the offensive line, maybe find a, a third receiver. Hey, real quick, this episode is brought to you by gtbets.eu, an official sponsor of the Super Flexible Podcast. Are you looking to get some action in on today's games? Head over to gtbets.eu for all of your sports betting needs with updated odds covering all major sports. The bottom line, gtbets.eu will have you placing your first bet within minutes with their simple-to-use registration process. So register now and earn up to $500 in free money. Simply add Superflex in the referred by field to get the highest possible welcome bonus. That's Superflex, all one word, for your welcome bonus at gtbets.eu. And if you love drafting your fantasy team, Imagine drafting a real professional team. The fan-controlled football league is bringing fantasy sports in Madden franchise mode to a real football field. Fans will scout players, draft rosters, hire coaches, call plays, and more. The FCFL will feature eight professional teams playing 7-on-7, fast-paced, indoor football, and a high-tech production studio built for digital audience. This is the next generation of fantasy football, where fans get rewarded for dominating through the league's proprietary fan token. 
To learn more about fan tokens and the FCFL, visit fcfl.io. All right, let's move on to the running backs, and this time let's start with you, Travis. Let's uh, let's get a riser and a faller from uh, from you. So yeah, so I'm gonna go obviously. So riser is Carlos Hyde. You guys know I'm a huge Carlos Hyde fan. Top ten running back talent in the league. I mean, I love this guy. So I think he's absolutely gonna start somewhere next year. And I mean, part of me wishes he would stay in San Francisco because I think that team is about to turn it around and he would be great on a good team where he can actually get some carries. But I think, I think he signed somewhere for sure. I know there's a lot of incoming talent. I know there's a lot of free agent talent, but I, I think Carlos Hyde is talented enough uh, to where he's going to land somewhere and have a starting role. And he, I mean, he's super disrespected right now. You can buy Carlos Hyde on the cheap. I mean, you could throw probably a late second out there and get Carlos Hyde. So it's pretty crazy. Um, my running back faller is Samaj P. Ryan. And I mean, he's not super high on anyone's list at this point, I'm sure. But I just, I do not think that uh, that backfield makes it into week one without another pretty major body coming in. And so I'm kind of on the get out while you still can boat with, with P Ryan. I think they absolutely are bringing somebody else in and not just backup quality, somebody else like Orleans Darkwell or something. I think they're going to sign and or draft a pretty, pretty significant name and P Ryan and Rob Kelly are just going to drop even further than they are now. Rather than uh, getting into our normal weekly pissing contest where uh, I'm trying to, where we're trying to last word one another, I'm, I'm going to let you have this one. I love Carlos Hyde, so I'm with you as with him as a riser. And uh, let's move on to James. Give us a couple running backs. What do you think? Yeah, man, I'm, I'm going to start with my faller because I don't think it's going to take much time and I don't think anyone's really going to have a problem with it. It's uh, Marlon Mack. And this time last year, Marlon Mack was looked at as Frank Gore is getting old at a position that age is 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 a huge factor and players just don't last very long. And I think people thought Marlon Mack may be the guy who is next in line to take over that indie backfield. Um, he, he really hasn't shown anything that he can do that, that he can be that guy. Um, he, he's kind of just a guy, and I don't think that he gets the opportunity. Um, so if uh, to me, he's a follower. He's He's tumbled down my rankings just because I don't think he has what it takes to be a starting running back in the NFL. He's a change of, change of pace back at best. Um, so that's, I'll start with that. My riser is Mike Gillisley and I'm going to go into why Mike Gillisley is my riser. And it has so much more to do with just the Patriot way than anything else. And what I mean by that is whenever it seems like Bill Belichick has a running back that is in, that is everyone's high on, which is what, Everyone was with Mike Gillisley going into last year. Not everyone, but a, a good majority of people were were riding that Mike Gillisley bandwagon. Gillisley fell on his face. They didn't use him towards the middle to the end of the season at all. He was a, an active scratch on most weeks. Um, I mean, he it, it was just a disaster of a season. So why wouldn't you think that this year Mike Gillisley would you know um, continue to see that role regress? Because it's the New England Patriots. Not only is Deion Lewis gone, and Rex Burkhead most likely is gone as well, um, but now Mike Gillisley, after a year in the system, and everyone thinks that uh, this guy is not the back-to-own, that's the Patriot way. Now he's going to be the back-to-own because nobody expects it. So 
Um, to me, Mike Gillisley is a guy who you can buy for next to nothing right now, and he's going to have every opportunity to do what New England needs him to do as a running back. Um, he can be that guy who's going to get 10 to 12 rushing touchdowns. Uh, he Even last year when they used him in the red zone, he showed a, a really good tenacity for getting the ball to the goal line. So this is a guy that you can buy for pennies on the dollar right now. Um, he's definitely a guy who's rising up my rankings because I can see an opportunity for him um, increasing over what he had last year. So I guess I'm kind of interested to hear what you guys think of it. It's kind of a deeper sleeper that uh, that I'm kind of predicting um, to kind of you know, move up my, uh, my leaderboard. So, um, I'm kind of, kind of curious to see what you guys think. Uh, I can't stay in the new England backfield. That's what I think. Um, and I'll kind of get into that a little bit more, um, when it's my turn here, but I mean, Gillisley is a player. I don't mind. Uh, he was, he was pretty good when he was in Buffalo behind shady and, um, I just, you know, and he was good at the goal line, uh, which, which you did talk about a little bit, James, but I just don't, I, I, try to not have um too many shares of the new england backfield on my teams just i don't know what it is i i just i never know which one it's kind of like you were saying you just never know which one is going to be the guy and uh i just try to stay away from that situation i don't even know if gillisey's on the patriots next year man oh man he's he's under contract technically but he's only do he's he's a 2.1 2.1 million dollar cap hit with zero dead cap if they cut him and i mean they benched him and they i mean they stuck to the benching and so i don't i'm sorry james i can't get behind you on this one man so here's my running backs i got alex collins rate moving up in my rankings so he's up 11 spots for me right now he's at 28 again that's that includes all a lot of these incoming rookies but he's ahead of guys like, you know, Isaiah Crowell, Rex Burkhead, Duke Johnson, Lamar Miller for me, um, Tariq Cohen, and Kenyon Drake. So a couple uh, kind of off-season darlings. And then, uh, and I mean, that to me, that's based solely on the fact that I believe that Baltimore has enough issues on that roster that they don't address running back in the draft. If they do, he's in trouble. Because there are some really good running backs. We say it every week. Some of these running backs are just going to push out some incumbent starters just because they're that good in this draft class is that deep. But I don't think that's going to happen. And then following, I've got Duke Johnson. I just mentioned him. You know, I've got Alex Collins ahead of him. He fell for me about 12 spots just since the end of the season and really just in the last few weeks. Just as in, I think he's going to continue to fall just based on the fact that it looks like there's a lot of momentum towards Cleveland drafting Saquon Barkley. And if that happens, there is no role for Duke Johnson on this roster. He's got to get out of Cleveland. He's got to reestablish himself as a pass catching back somewhere else. But I mean, there's he's he's going to be. He's going to give Saquon Barkley a breather from time to time, although I don't think the guy necessarily needs it, but I, that's that's about all he's going to be good for. And for a guy who just finished as a running back one, Duke Johnson is going to see so little work that I just I don't see a path to fantasy relevance anymore. We'll move on to Brian here and let you give us uh, your running backs. Yeah, so uh, my running back riser is Deion Lewis. 
Um, and my follower is Leonard Fournette. And I'll start with Lewis. Um, I'm excited that he's out of New England. You know, he is a cookie cutter running back. He kind of carves up defenses. Um, Swiss Army knife, I guess, is a better um, analogy. I there. was really um, trying to figure he out. Can what do he can do it all. He can cookie cutter. <laughs> the cookie cut. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I like Lewis. Um, you know, I I think I don't know that he will get a feature back role uh, with a team, but even if he's in a timeshare, it's going to be he's going to get more opportunity than he did in New England. He did. I mean, he did get opportunity there, too, but there was just so many mouths to feed in that backfield. Um, so I'm excited for him to get out of that. And then Leonard Fournette is my faller. And. The reasoning behind that is just kind of the tail off at the second half of the season. Um, and it's yards per carry average, uh, 3.88 yards per carry on 268 carries. In the postseason, it was worse, uh, 3.45. First six games, he averaged 99 yards a game. Uh, final seven, only 68. And I just think teams are going to make Blake Bortles beat them. Uh, Jacksonville extending Blake Bortles for me hurt Fournette's value overall, uh, just because I think I think that teams are going to do what they did to Jacksonville in the postseason. Now he obviously ripped up my Steelers, but um, you know New England was trying to make Jacksonville beat them with Blake Bortles, and I think teams are going to do that. Um, so I'm not really I'm not really sold on Fournette. I'm sold on him as an athlete. Uh, I think he's going to get volume, but I just don't know how productive he's going to be. All right, let's move on to the wide receiver position. And this time we're going to start with you, James. Give us a riser and a faller at the wide receiver position. Awesome, man. I'm about to give uh, Travis the uh, the beard. I'm about to give him a heart attack here or a brain aneurysm because my riser is Tyreek Hill. Um, give, that, and, give that beard a good yank. Yeah, yeah. And my, my hey, faller is Julio Jones. Off. And um I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to start with Tyreek Hill. Um, look, Tyreek Hill to me, just when I think I couldn't get any higher on the guy, Kansas City goes out and cuts Tom Bahawi. They cut their their starting safety um Parker. They they cut um or they they trade away Marcus Peters. Three starters gone from that defense. Now they have to replace that. I don't know how you replace a, a number one corner in the league like Marcus Peters. I don't know how you replace the sack uh potential that Tom Bahawi gave you off the edge. I mean, they, they have a lot of production they have to replace on the defensive side of the ball. If they don't, which, I mean, it's going to be tough to replace all that production. If they don't, that means that Kansas City is in more shootouts. That means there's even more opportunity for Tyreek Hill. I, I, I can't say enough about how, uh, how high I am on Tyreek Hill entering the year. I think the guy's an easy top 10 fantasy wide receiver this year. Um, and he's young enough to where if he ends up having a top 10 uh, receiving year with Pat Mahomes, uh, I, you, you got to think that, uh, that the ceiling, that the, the arrow is pointing up for him. Um, Julio Jones is a guy that I am extremely low on. The reason being is because he just isn't a red zone threat. He hasn't been for the past few years. And it's been multiple offenses. You know, I mean, they've had a few different systems that they've run. And Julio still hasn't been able to produce in the red zone. Look, he's an elite number one wide receiver. He's got everything that you want as far as, you know, an elite number one wide receiver in the NFL. He just isn't that for fantasy. He just, he has a limited upside in the red zone. He doesn't score enough. Um, he's the focal point of an offense that likes to run the ball still, especially in the red zone. 
I just don't see any room for Julio Jones to grow. And to me, that's a, a descending asset. So that's a guy that I have moved down my rankings and probably will continue to. All right. So let's move on and give Brian an opportunity to talk here about some wide receivers. So uh, my riser is Chris Godwin and my follower is Deshaun Jackson. Godwin is a guy that I really, really like. Um, I think talent's going to meet opportunity in in Tampa. Uh, if not this year, definitely, definitely next year. What um, I sorry, Jackson is uh, signed for eleven million dollars this year, but they can cut him next year with zero dead cap money. Chris Godwin finished the year uh, over the last four games. He was wide receiver fifteen, uh, averaging four for four catches for seventy four yards. Uh, so projected over a full season, uh, you're looking 65 catches for 1180. Um, I just think that the guy is talented. It's funny. Uh, one of the guys that's really being talked about a lot and drafted in these rookie mocks everywhere is DJ Moore. Um, Chris Godwin's combine numbers are almost identical to DJ Moore. And obviously Godwin was last year. Uh came out last year but uh those two guys as far as their athletic profiles they're very very similar um more has a little bit more burst uh but godwin's a little bit stronger so i really like chris godwin um i think he's definitely going to be a guy that if you don't get a hold of him during this the early part of this season it's going to be really tough to get your hands on him uh next year so um, and Deshaun Jackson uh, is my faller. And for all the reasons that I just talked about Chris Godwin, I just don't think he's going to be in Tampa. He's 31 years old and he's just, I don't think he's the same player uh, that he, he has been in the past. Obviously, um, you know, the speed game was his game, um, that long ball. And he can do that occasionally, but uh, I just, I don't think he's going to have a job in Tampa very much longer. And I don't know what the market's going to be for him after that. All right, Travis, I guess you Finish want to talk, off. huh? Save the Do best for worst. last. Um, so my riser is Robert Woods. Uh, and it was mainly just, you know, up until, you know, obviously everybody knows he had a good year. And I was, you know, I don't know. So I guess he was in this sort of, everybody kind of viewed him as kind of sort of a bust or and or maybe just an average player, right? That was kind of the consensus feeling on Robert Woods. He's kind of just an average NFL player. He's a starter, but he's not going to, you know, be fantasy relevant. He's not going to win you your fantasy leagues. And I don't I think that 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 view of him is deservedly in the past and he showed up last year. And the more, you know, the closer we get to 2018, the more I'm buying into Robert Woods as a very, very talented, usable dynasty asset who is not just going to go away. That was my fear initially was, oh, you know, this flash in the pan, whatever. And so, yeah, I think I'm buying into Robert Woods, man. And and if Sammy goes away, he, his ceiling, I mean, he's, he's talented enough to have high-end wide receiver two ceiling, maybe even low-end wide receiver one, like kind of that 10 to – 14 wide receiver range. I think, I think he could hit that if he's in, if he's there with just him and cup and Reynolds, I mean, that's, that's within the range of possibilities for me, for sure. Um, my faller. And I think it's, I don't think it's a surprise. John might have a different opinion here, but it's Odell Beckham, man. I don't need to go too far into it. Me and James spent like 15 minutes on Odell Beckham 
on uh, Wide Receivers Part 5, I think is the name of the show. So go back and listen to that if you want my full rant. But I just don't like this guy. Basically, you hate his personality. Yeah. So, so I, so on, okay, I'm not going to take credit. I don't want to like, I mean, it sucks for him, right? Like, he's going to, he's going to get suspended, guys. Like, (laughs) it's going to happen. Um, and, you know, I just, I didn't like the way I I don't, I didn't like him and I didn't like the way he carried himself. I didn't like how he was a drama queen. I didn't like how immature he was. I didn't, I'm not going to pretend to say that I knew he was messing around with all this stuff that was on this video or whatever, or that he was going to get caught, but that's kind of in that same vein of he's, he's an immature little kid and he acts like that on and off the field apparently. And so, you know, part of me thinks, oh, you know, this, so this video came out, right? We don't need to get super into it, but his value took a dive in the last couple of days. This is Wednesday now. So it was probably four days ago, five days ago. And so part of me is like, wow, this is, I mean, this was my number one, even though I didn't, even though I didn't like him, he was still my number one dynasty asset for years. And he's not that anymore value wise. And you can, you know, so part of me thinks this is a buying opportunity, but at the same time, the larger part of me thinks get this guy off my team. I don't want him. I didn't want him before. And I especially don't want him now. Yeah. He doesn't want you either, by the way. That's fine. He doesn't play I, fantasy <laughs> podcasters. <laughs> He's, oh, they should, they should do that. <laughs> Oh, we would be, man. dude. We would be like twenty fifth round dude, picks. We, yeah, we would like, if we got drafted. Yeah, yeah. I'd like we're to like think free. that I'd be a. They're I'd like to think that I'd be a round sleeper. <laughs> everybody would be rushing to the waiver wire to pick up Brian this week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, dude, yeah. He's gonna be huge in Superflex, no <laughs> <For> doubt. <sure. laughs> nice bye week fill in for sure. At the at the least, who knows? He might end up taking this thing over. From here. <laughs> yeah, but now because of John, they're going to be looking for sh- they're going to be uh, looking for the fourth stooge. They're going to be like, <laughs> Wait, yeah, who's John, that chef guy? Super flexible yeah. podcast can cut John next year for zero dead money, and and that Brian guy he <laughs> might have a larger role. Yeah. At one point, at one point on the uh, the podcast that Travis and I recorded, I believe is the Wide Receiver Five um, podcast. I I think Travis even went so far as to say that Odell Beckham smells like cheese um, in, in the middle of his Dale. rant, which, which was just insane. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. It smells like cheese? Yeah, it went a little. I think you said it. Went a little yeah. too okay, now, far. We're just, now we're just making words up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah so we're, I, mean, I mean, we're pretty much out of time. What do you guys think? Yeah. I mean, do you disagree with me on Beckham? I agree 100%, Travis. Thank you. Um, oh, my gosh. I, I, I can't I believe you guys. James and John, you can't not be serious. So here's so here's the deal how for far, me. How far can you – oh, sorry, Brian. Go ahead. No, that's, that's okay. I was just going to say uh, the thing for me is if I'm drafting him especially in, in, you know, in, a, in a startup, I, how do you put that much – I mean, where you have to select him to get him on your team mm-hmm. – with what with his personality and now this video and I'm just not taking that risk. I mean, you can miss later in drafts. I don't think you can miss where you're taking Odell Beckham. So Brian, I, I have a real quick question then. Um are do you feel the same way about Ezekiel Elliott? Somewhat, yes. I mean, obviously I'm not gonna not 
take the guys when the, you know, when the value's there, I just can't I, like for me, like, for example, and I know this is, this is crazy talk, John, but I would draft say I would trade Ezekiel Elliott for the one, one easy. Uh, no, easy. And not, not another show. <laughs> not be- Say that again. You can't do that at the end of the show. I love it. I would too, Brian. No, I, just, I would too. I just, I I just you're all nuts. You're to all me, nuts. I think he's, you know, I, yes. So yes, I would. I, I do knock Zeke a little bit because of that. I think he's just as talented as I knock Levy on that way too. That's why Todd Gurley in my rankings, Todd Gurley's the number one running back. I mean, those guys are every bit as talented as, as Gurley is. I mean, Gurley obviously had an unbelievable season this past year, but they're, those guys are every bit as talented, but they're knuckleheads and they've proven it. So, yeah, that's, that's fair. At the end of the day, I, you know, I'm not a, I'm not going to fault you too much for that. I mean, to me, there's still a difference between 1.01 and Saquon Barkley. That's my only argument against making that trade right now, though, but that's fine. Oh, well, no, I think there is. I yeah, agree. yeah, because we just we don't know where he's going. I think he's going to land in Cleveland. I don't know He'll for sure what that's going to be. If he lands in Cleveland, I guarantee it. What, okay, what but, if what if what if news comes out that Saquon Barkley used some substance that he couldn't use and gets suspended? Oh, come on, is he still the one point oh one? He's shown zero track no, record. Yeah, it's a fair question. Zero right? off the field issues. I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm, I'm just saying that that's that. It, it's very dangerous to say the one point oh one is Saquon Barkley. Okay, what if sure David right Johnson now, came out and it's, had it's cemented in? Oh no, 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 no! I agree. There is no one point oh one in redraft or in dynasty right now, in my opinion. You can have a guy that you would rank there, but it's not solid. Come draft time, I don't know that that's my one point oh one, and that's my point too. Is that come the you know the rookie draft after everything's said and done? If your rookie draft is later and something you know something happens, Saquon Barkley gets hurt and he's going to be out for the year with a you know an ACL freak ACL injury or something. I mean, the one point oh one is more valuable than Saquon Barkley just for that reason. Uh, it, you know, say it's say it's far fetched, say it's unreasonable, but just for that reason alone, the one point oh one it has to be more valuable than Saquon. But you're taking it. that you're taking that same risk with Ezekiel Elliott being a knucklehead again or blowing his knee out in OTAs. So, I mean the, that the risk of injury or suspension is there, whether it's an incoming rookie or an established veteran. The difference exactly. is, you know, Zeke's already done it on the field. So I, I mean, I get that, but I just don't think. I think Saquon Barkley is a safer a, a safer asset to own even though he's never stepped foot on on an NFL field. Yeah, no, and I, I agree with that, Brian. I really do. I'm I'm actually on your side with that. My only thing is is that the 1.01 has to be more valuable than Saquon Barkley because it's not it can't be the same knowing that Saquon Barkley is not a slam dunk. He's not the the for sure, the 1.01 right now. You can't say that two months from now when your rookie draft is taking place that you're definitely taking Saquon Barkley. There's a number of things that could happen between now and your rookie draft that could make the 1.01 a different a different pick, a different player. And I'm not saying that Saquon Barkley shouldn't be the 1.01. I'm just saying that if you trade for the 1.01, you are getting a pick that you know in two months you're going to be able to make a, a – a better judgment. You're going to be able to make a better decision on who that player is going to be. 
Whereas if you're trading for Saquon Barkley in like a Devi league or anything else, you're stuck with that player. You don't have a chance in two months to change your mind and go, I don't want Barkley at the 1.01. I want Geis because Barkley, you know, suffered an MCL injury. So I guess that's my thing. And I don't know if John feels the same way, but that's where I feel like the 1.01 has greater value than Saquon Barkley right now. You just can't say I'm trading, you know, um, Zeke Elliott for Saquon Barkley. If you're trading Zeke Elliott for the 1.01, you're just in, you know, it, it's it, there's a difference. Is, is I guess that's that's my thing. Um, I see it a lot on Twitter, and I think John and I both are kind of bothered by it when someone goes, "Oh yeah, I'm trading this and this for Saquon Barkley." Well, no, you're not, because in parentheses you have it as the 1.01, and and it's it's different. There's a difference between the 1.01 and Saquon Barkley. So. Um, that's yeah, that's all. I'll so say that on. so yeah. that makes sense. But so at what point does it become Saquon Barkley? Because there there are rookie drafts going every day. So you can't say that he's not the one hundred and one if your rookie draft is in five minutes. Like I mean, so so that's well, sure. Sure, no, I, I get there's that. rookie I get drafts that. all over the place. You, you, there's rookie drafts in two months. Quick. There's rookie drafts tomorrow, and there shouldn't be. <laughs> there, there's but no there reason. That you, how, how okay, but you. That's such a small piece of the dynasty universe because most uh, all, all reasonable dynasty commission commissioners know that you can't reasonably draft any rookie other than possibly Saquon Barkley without knowing what team they're on. So there, you you should. So you there just said right now drafts. that Saquon Barkley is situation proof. That's what you just said. Well, yeah, he's he's mostly situation proof. There are some situations that he could end up in that wouldn't be that great for him. But it, yeah, he's mostly situation proof. But what he's not, what he's what he's not safe from necessarily, like James was saying, are you know some of the off field stuff that could get him. You know, we're not saying that that it's that it will happen or that it's even likely to happen. But that could happen to but any. There's player. a non-zero chance. Yeah, but they already have a name. We're talking about 1.01 right now. He's got a name, John Saquon Barkley. Yeah, no, he's and the, <laughs> two different. The thing is, so hear me out real quick. In, until you make so, if you take okay, if you take ahead. Todd Gurley at the 102 in yeah. a startup draft, yeah, and he blows his knee out tomorrow, then you're stuck with Todd Gurley. That's fine. But you can't tell me that Todd Gurley wasn't the 102 because he was when you took him. So there's people that are no. drafting Saquon no, Barkley no, no. right I, now even at the 101. And okay, he's, but, he's equally worth that spot. Okay, but we just established that there should not be rookie drafts going on right now. You and said so that. That doesn't mean there aren't. There shouldn't There shouldn't be. And, and I, I, I don't I'm, feel I'm like – we should even address those because that's such a small, small sliver of what's actually going on. Most commissioners understand that you can't be expected to make a third round rookie pick without knowing where these players are going to land. There's, there's I, no I way mean, to I do it. I, I, there's a lot of people that say after, right after the combine is the best way to do it. And because you 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 draft these players based on what you think of their talent and not based on situation. I mean, I've heard that argument plenty of times, and you I know can't. it's it's the minority, obviously. Yeah, and we're getting way off the rails. But here's here's the thing, Re- real quick. I just just one thing I want to add, just just so that way I'm clear on on kind of where I stand. 
the, the, the analogy you use, Travis, yeah, if you take Todd Gurley at the 1.02 and Todd Gurley, you know, and suffers an, an injury and he's out for the year, yeah, you have Todd Gurley. But here's the difference. The difference is, is when it's the 1.02, it's, it's, it's still the 1.02. You can trade the 1.02, and it could be an infinite number of possibilities. It could be Todd Gurley. It could be someone else. But once you draft Todd Gurley, you are trading Todd Gurley. You're not trading anything else. You can't trade, you know, you're not trading any any other options at that point. You are only trading Todd Gurley. So to me, when you have the 1.01, you are trading an infinite number of possibilities. You are trading safety. You're trading, hey, look, if something happens to Saquon Barkley, I'm not trading you Saquon Barkley. I'm trading you the 1.01. Once the pick is made and it's Saquon Barkley, you're, that's the player that you're getting. So to me, that 1.01 is an infinite number of possibilities you have to, you, that has to be more valuable than Saquon Barkley up until you make the pick. Once you make the pick, then you're trading Saquon Barkley. You're not trading all that possibility of what the 1.01 could be. So that, I guess that's just my thing is that when I, when I see people on Twitter say, hey, I'm trading Zeke Elliott and, you know, a uh, second round pick in 2017 or uh, 2019 for Saquon Barkley and in parentheses it says 1.01. No, you're trading it for the 1.01. It's not Saquon Barkley yet if you haven't made that pick. So to me, that that 1.01 is more valuable only because it gives you that extra cushion that, hey, if there were something to happen, if something were to change, I, I can make the right pick there because I don't have to, because it's not Saquon Barkley yet. I haven't had to make that pick. If you have to, then that's fine. But Saquon Barkley is worth less once you officially make that pick. So that's, that's just kind of where I'm at with it um, as far as that goes. And that that's totally fair. My only argument against that is when we're providing advice to people, we don't know when their rookie draft is. We can't gauge a value based on, okay, your rookie draft is a week after the draft versus two weeks after the draft. So if you take him at a week after the draft and then he gets hurt, that was the wrong call. Like you, you, we don't know. He is the 101. So I mean I get what you're I get what you're saying, but if you like right now. if a listener is taking him a week after the NFL draft and then he gets hurt the day after their their draft, sure he's not gonna go one on one the week after that, but that guy already that's that guy got Saquon Barkley at the like that was the one on one. And you can't say you can't predict when this guy is gonna get injured or yeah, no, I'm not saying that. Uh, I mean, I don't know. We need to we need to close it out, but <laughs> I'm I'm done. I'm done. Real quick though, you're you're absolutely right. You you're absolutely right though, Travis. You can't predict it. It's the right pick at the time, and I totally agree with that. The only thing I'm saying is that that 1.01 it, before that pick is made is more valuable because it can be Saquon Barkley or it can be there's that safety there, you know? And so yeah, I I totally agree. You're right. We don't know when people are drafting, but um, you know, you, you got to make the best decision you can at that time. And I think right now the 1.01 is Saquon Barkley. There's no doubt in my mind, but you're, you're absolutely right. That, um, that, you know, you, once you make that pick, if there was someone, you know, if, if he got hurt, that doesn't mean it wasn't the right pick. It was absolutely the right pick at the time. All I'm saying is that if you are going to put a trade out there and you're going to let us know, Hey, look, I'm trading for Saquon Barkley. Tell us it's Saquon Barkley, you know, that the pick's already been made and it is Barkley and it's not the 1.01 because, you know, the 1.01 comes with a, a, a built-in cushion, if you will, a little bit more safety. That's all I'm saying.
So James, my question for you, I, in, it's in terms of the value of the one, one. So I see what you're trying to say, but my thing is, I feel like Saquon Barkley makes the one, one more valuable. Like for example, if he does get injured, then the one, one, the value of the yes. one, one, even though you're, you have the safety of having the option of not selecting him. He is so far superior to the rest of the talent in this class that the value of that pick actually drops. At least for right. me. No, I'm not saying he isn't. Yeah. That's I, beautiful. I, that. I couldn't have said, I can't even imagine, like I had no idea <laughs> that that was even a possible opinion for somebody to have. And Brian, you are legitimately right now. All right. All right. Are, are we done here? Are we done? All right. We're going to check here. It's so I, correct. I, it's so correct. It's not even. I love that I can uh, mute him from my own. Wait a second. Oh, my God. I just realized that. that very often. <laughs> John, did you just mute me? <laughs> yes, sir. Twice. Oh, my goodness. I wow. love the fact you have that. Abilities. <laughs> I am so, real so quick, upset that, that, right now. that is a pretty upsetting revelation i I, i'll I'll admit that i can definitely sympathize but um, no no i'm i'm happy (laughs) i'm pretty happy about it (laughs) beautiful fantastic brian Brian. beautiful that's exactly right thank you Um, all right okay 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 i'm gonna meet you again (laughs) let me address this right quick all right no no brian that's that's an awesome point that you make but here's the thing when you trade for the 1.01, I'm not saying that you're not trading for a possibility at Saquon Barkle. You absolutely are. And that's what makes the 1.01 that valuable when you trade for it. But here's the thing. When you trade for Saquon Barkley, the pick is made. You are getting Saquon Barkley. If Saquon Barkley gets hurt, if he gets suspended, there is no other option for you. You have to roll with a player who is injured or who is suspended. If you trade for the 1.01 and Saquon Barkley gets hurt or gets suspended and you're looking for a running back to help you this year, you can go ahead and take guys. If, if they're close in your rankings, even if they're not, you get one extra year. You know, I mean, I you get one extra year of a player than you don't of, of Barkley. I mean, that there's that safety that's added into it. So when, when you're trading for that 1.01, yeah, you're trading for a shot at Saquon Barkley, and that's what you want. You want Saquon Barkley, but the reason why it's more valuable is because you have that safety. If something happens to Barkley, it's not set in stone. You can make a decision to go away from Barkley. Oh, Barkley got caught, uh, you know, uh, Whatever, whatever he got caught doing. Oh, you know, he's going to be suspended for six games. He's going to be suspended for eight games. He's going to be hurt for the year. I could go ahead and take Geis, who ended up in a a wonderful landing spot, who I think is, you know, in a prime position to succeed right away. You know, I can do that. Um, you can't do that when you make the trade and it's it's Saquon Barkley. So when you when you make the trade for the player as opposed to the position, you know, that draft position. Um, you're set in stone. I mean, whatever happens with Barkley, you you pretty much have to have. So no, you're absolutely right. I totally understand what you're saying. Saquon Barkley is driving the 1.01's value at this point. But if something were to happen, you at least have that pivot option at that 1.01 where you can go elsewhere. You can go to a different player. But when you're trading for Saquon Barkley, you don't have that luxury. You get Saquon Barkley. You get, if he gets hurt, you get that for the entire year. You get that suspension. You get whatever whatever ends up happening. I'm not saying that anything will. Um, I'm really high on Saquon Barkley. I'm just saying 
the 1.01 is more valuable than Saquon Barkley as long as Saquon Barkley stays healthy, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it does. And I think that's a fair point. I think, uh, you know, one of the things you said at the beginning there um, in that response, I, you know, I think it is somewhat team dependent. If, if you're trying to compete in this, this season, so the 2018 NFL season, if you have a team that is, um, you know, your team's right there, you're, you made the playoffs last year, got bounced in the semis, um, or you have a lot of young talent that is is starting to come up and and do some things or projected to do some things. That makes that makes sense to me. <clears throat> if you're in the bottom half of the league, it still doesn't make sense to me because I would still rather have Saquon Barkley coming off an ACL surgery than I would, and and maybe maybe not. See, so you do, you do make a very good point because that would make me think about Darius Geis in that in that scenario or one of the top quarterbacks, depending on on my team makeup. Um, I just think he's. I, I just think Barkley is so so darn good. I just I would still have a hard time not selecting him if I wasn't trying to win the championship this NFL season. Yeah, and I, I agree with that. But I think John and I have actually had a, a couple conversations about. If you're a team that isn't competing, if you're a team that you have the 1.01 for a reason, you weren't very good, and you're several pieces away from competing, at that point, why wouldn't you just deal the 1.01? I mean, you can get three or four good pieces that could help you contend right away, whereas Saquon Barkley is one piece. It's a running back in a super flex league. I mean, at that point, the 1.01, the value of that pick may be more valuable for you to deal it so you can address several areas of need as opposed to just one. Um, so I guess to me, um, you know, I, it does depend on team makeup. Absolutely. I agree with you there. But if you're a team that isn't competing or doesn't expect to compete and Saquon Barkley were to get hurt, um, you know, and you had the 1.01, I can understand taking Barkley. But before Barkley gets hurt, I'm, I'm entertaining, you know, the idea of dealing that pick as much as great as Barkley could end up being. You know, he's only I can only start him at one spot, whereas if I can get, you know, four quality starters for Saquon Barkley, three or four, you know, I, I'm, I might consider doing something like that as opposed to trying to build, rebuild my team with one elite position player that I can get and, you know, having to try to fill in the rest of the blanks. So uh, I agree. It definitely depends on, on team construction and what you're trying to do at that point in time. Um, but, you know, to me, again, that 1.01, again, is more valuable than Saquon Barkley there too, because the, you know, the 1.01 could be anything. So, um, yeah, that's just just kind of my take on it. But yeah, no, I, I think you bring up some really good points, Brian. It's definitely an interesting topic. Um, you know, trying to trying to gauge value, how much of the value of the one point oh one is derived from Saquon Barkley, and I think it's a great deal of it. But I also think that before Barkley gets hurt, you know, the one point oh one is more valuable. So um, that was just my main point on it. But uh, but I'll go ahead and kind of quiet down and see what you guys uh, have to say. It's about time. Brian's a genius. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna mute you. <laughs> I yeah, I just heard I spent, Travis say done, James. I, I spent this whole time <laughs> trying to mute James and I couldn't do it. <laughs> nice. Me too, man. Me too. I was trying to mute James too. <laughs> there you go. All right, and I'm not gonna perpetuate the uh the the discussion any further. Um all I'm gonna say is do me a favor. Wait to do your rookie drafts until after the NFL draft. Please. Please. All right. And also do us another favor. Rate and review the podcast if you would. 
And uh, we'll wrap it up for this episode. We'll be back in just a couple days, though, to talk about some more rankings. Uh, we'll have uh, Brian back to um, continue the discussion. And uh, until then, bye. Yeah,